Live from Cobb County, they're coming off the top rope. If they could actually climb up there. You gotta be kidding me! No, don't do this! It's time for the finishing move. Our chance to talk all things wrestling. With the road dog, Adam Gillespie, the bearded wrestling fan, Chris Colwell, and Big John Radcliffe. The finishing move on Extra 106.3, Atlanta's Sports and Talk. Good evening, wrestling fans. Welcome to another edition of The Finishing Move. Big John Radcliffe along with my tag team partners as we get ready to take roll call like we do every night. We have a jam-packed show for you guys tonight. We had pay-per-view on regular TV, not on just one channel, but two. We have not one, but two special guests joining us tonight. One of them has an emphasis on special. I'll tell you about that one shortly. AEW gets personal. And WWE gets angry. But before we do that, let's do like we always do. And let's take roll call. Chris Colwell. Present. Adam Gillespie. Road dog. Oh, oh no. Oh, no. I told you we're going to have a very special guest as Adam. You know, honestly, in my time here, let me me go off topic for a second. In my time here working at Dickey Broadcasting, I think this is the first time Adam Gillespie is actually doing work as he has gone down to Florida. He is our boots on the ground. And when I said we're going to have a special guest and by very special, I mean, Adam, because he is very, he's my special friend. He's going to join us. He's going to call in from Florida. So we are going to have a busy show, a jam back show for you this evening. But before we go any further, Colwell, how you feeling? How's your temperature? Because, um, you know, look here, Dickey broadcasting. We're not the WWE. We don't run shoddy operations. No, we do not, and I'm going to tell you right now, I feel great. I feel like I could, well, I can't run a marathon. I am nursing a little bit of a foot injury, but as far as my temperature goes, right on point. Before the foot injury, could you run a marathon? No, I never did. I only did two marathons ever, and I'm going to tell you right now, there was very minimal running and a lot of just walking. Why are we sitting here pretending like this is something we can do (laughs) before COVID-19 or a broken foot or any other injuries that come up to it? Well, look, I told you we got a busy show as we basically got two pay-per-views on regular TV last, or cable television, so to speak. Because, And the reason I say that, the Great American Bash, which was on NXT, it, it, in my heyday, you look here, you little kids, back in my day, the Great American Bash, it was a pay-per-view. As well as Fighter Fest, and, uh, AEW, they put it on, and they put it on as a pay-per-view. And honestly, I took a look at both of them. I got more into Fighter Fest than I did to the Great American Bash. And the ratings showed, and they got personal with this as they've been going back and forth. And Chris Jericho has been on the forefront of this as he's put the ratings that are out there. And and when it comes in, and I'm going to read his tweet that he put out there, and I quote, here's a lesson about television ratings, kids. Last night, AEW Wrestling was number six in the 18 to 49 demographic. To TV networks and advertisers, it's the only number that matters, and we're up 31%. In that area. So once again, AEW Dynamite is the real winner on the Wednesday night ratings war. Chris, were you a part? Which one, which rating category did you fall into? Did you watch Fighter Fest or did you watch the Great American Bash? Well, I mean, I'm not over 50, so I'm in that 18 to 49. But that said, <laughs> I actually watch both. And here's how. It's nice to have a computer. Well, it's called two TVs. It is called, well, I don't have two TVs in the living room, but uh, the big TV, 50-inch in the living room, dy- uh, Dynamite Show slash off. Fighter Fest was there, and NXT Great American Bash was on my laptop right in front of me. And, uh, you know, I mainly paid attention to Fighter Fest because you just look at to compare the two cards. 
clearly Fighter Fest had a more superior card and a more pay-per-view feel of a card. You had three title matches and uh, several blow-off matches. Uh, the MJF Wardlow gets Jurassic Express match. You had some big stuff there. What Great American Bash gave us was one really uh, cool uh, interbrand matchup with Sasha and Io Shirai and a women's title or women's match for a number of contendership. Other than that, I mean, you also had the Roderick Strong, uh, oh, what's his name, uh, the guy that used to be in Impact Wrestling, uh, I'm completely boiled, the strap match last night. Uh, and the um, other matches to me on their card just felt like throwaway. Timothy Thatcher and uh, his opponent as well, that just didn't feel like a big matchup. If you just looked at the two top to bottom, the one that gave you the, the biggest... Uh, I guess, variety of matches that you would think you would want to tune in for was Fighter Fest, although I was interested to see what NXT would do, so I did keep an eye on that as well. But, you know, Jericho's right. The the demographic that does matter is that 18 to 49, although it's just interesting to me just to see that overall the, the difference in the viewers, NXT did win that category just overall with, I think, close to eight. 100,000 viewers, but it seems to be that folks that are over 50 years old and closing in on retirement, perhaps, seem to like NXT, and I can't figure that one out. So you're basically saying that AEW's main roster beat NXT, the uh, downgrade from WWE's main roster, is what you're saying to me. Not a downgrade, and we're not going to go off on this tangent of where NXT is just the developmental territory. It is the third brand. They're the developmental territory. No, developmental is the performance center. NXT is the third brand. You have to get to NXT from the performance center. Besides the point there... It's just that NXT did not offer me a card last night. You could have given me a couple of title matches in addition to a No More Contenders match and a strap match, and you would have had a more interesting card. They did not do that. They went solely off the idea that, oh, it's the Great American Bash, so this is that's what's going to be the selling point. And who knows? Maybe that's why a lot of fans from that are over 50 tuned in last night because they hear, oh, it's the Great American Bash. I remember back in my day when Ric Flair and the Horsemen were doing war games at Great American Bash and – Maybe that's why they tuned in. I, I doubt that. I actually think the reason that uh, NXT ranked in that category, and I'm going to go out on a long limb here all by myself, typically the age demographic for the developmental territory of NXT is significantly younger. And ultimately, what are you going to do? Grandma, grandpa, mom, dad, I'm on TV. I'm going to tune in. Where AEW is actually just that. It's not the casual wrestling fan. It is more of that individual that is going to be into it. And I think that's what we're seeing. And I think that's what they're getting. And look, that's not a bad thing because it is still one of those things that it's still trying to get its placeholder. Let's let's not forget, we make it seem like NXT has been around and it and which it has, but it hasn't been considered the big leagues for a long time. It just recently got that consideration. It just recently became it's third brand. Let's not sit here and pretend like it's been five years that we didn't have to have the WWE Network to watch portions of NXT. And that's what they're still running into is you still haven't you still haven't groomed. You still haven't trained your your uh, your viewers to go to it. And it was one thing when you had Charlotte there and you always sprinkled in your different competitors that would go through there or cycle through. But it always did give that feeling where just recently with a Charlotte going through there and certain and different superstars, it felt like it was they're not supposed to make it feel like it wasn't a downgrade. It was just a step across or step through another brand. But we even said it here. Why would Charlotte Flair take a step down 
from that to go to the NXT. You yourself even said it, Chris. We've all. I never said it was a step down for Charlotte to go to NXT. It was an opportunity to step over and raise the NXT brand up along with her. To the main roster. No, if to it has equal to be raised, the main roster. If it has to be risen up, then that means it's not on an equal level, yes? You know what? As we New can conversation. <laughs> it's funny when Chris Colwell is backed into a corner. Also, we had AEW, though. I was more into Fighter Fest, and I'm going to tell you right now, it ended in a way which WWE, honestly, they just don't even have the capability to do it. To end it with a tag team title match, which I just loved. And I'm going to take that shot at WWE because the tag team titles are a joke over there. On all, from the women's division, No, this is not the athletes that I'm talking about, the superstars. I'm talking about the way that they carry their story. It's just a joke. So to have it end with Kenny Omega and Hangman Page taking on um, the best friends, it was just one of those things to me of, you know what? You actually care. And then to have FTR come in there, and it's just, it brought me back, honestly, when I look at FTR and one of the things that I want them to be careful with, don't become too much like the APA. You're handing them a beer. It it resembled so much of it, and I call it respect as if you guys could see it, Chris is frowning his face, mm. but it is one of those things that it did resemble a little bit of the APA. You know, and you know what it resembled? It resembled a tag team Stone Cold Steve Austin coming out there with the beers. They drive up in a pickup truck when they come up to wrestle. It's a lot like Steve Austin as opposed to the APA, which I know there's some similarities there, but it's not like they're going to be some, you know, the angle's going to take it to where they're going to be protecting other superstars and doing the whole Acolyte Protection Agency thing. No, but what were the Acolytes before they became the Acolyte Protection Agency? They were one of the baddest tag teams in pro wrestling. It was it was a younger minus the shoulder pads, Legion of Doom. And, yeah, I said it at me, John Rad 450. They were the guys that came in. They looked big and bad, and they looked like they could take over the world. I mean, yeah, they looked big and bad, but there were no Legion of Doom. I get where you're going for with that. But to me, I mean, I don't think they're trying to make FTR be like another version of APA. It's just they're – I think what you're finding with a lot of these guys, and it's it's much like with the Hangman Page thing where, where he's drinking too, how they played up Kenny Omega poured the beer out last night because why he doesn't drink. They're trying to accentuate these guys' personal, their actual uh, likes and dislikes, things that they like to do, what their personalities are in real life. And you're seeing that, you know, FTR is going to be less of, oh, we're we're the revival and we're just coming in here to change tag team wrestling. Yeah, that goes without saying, and they're going to do that. But let's see what these guys really are about. And you can see those two guys just sitting out, hanging out, drinking a beer with a cooler and two lawn chairs, just watching something somewhere in some, you know, country town in North Carolina. So Sounds oddly it works familiar to a tag team that used to sit in back, drink beer, play poker. <laughs> but they're not familiar. the APA. I didn't say they are. You're being a little too literal there. Goodness, man. <laughs> Very, you I know for- me. Yeah, I forgot. Mr. Over-Analytical there. Good grief. When your wife tells you to change Maybe that. Maybe that should be my new nickname, the Over-Analyst. We're not changing nicknames for you again. On no, show. no. On Twitter, at Over-Analyst. Will that work? We're not changing no. the names again for you on, no. We've done this for over a year now. You you are going Have I been s- here for a year? I don't know, but you're like the big show at that portion in his time where he thought he was gold dust and he thought he was the rock. You're having an identity crisis that we have got to figure out for you immediately. But also one of, one of the highlight moments throughout the night for AEW Fighter Fest for me, if Chris, when Chris Jericho's in-ring career is over, 
If someone doesn't put him on a microphone, it, and if he doesn't want to, if he wants to do that, you're derelict of your duties if you don't sit that man behind a microphone, give him a microphone, and just let a champion go with it. I mean, he has the potential to be. I mean, not to make the exact comparison, but he could be the next Jesse Ventura. And I, you know, the active. Well, he wrestler, doesn't have boas on and the headband no, on. No, but that's not the point. I don't think he's going to go for governor because I'm not even 100 percent sure. Is that you? You see how it feels when you overanalyze something? I'm pretty sure he actually did get dual citizenship, but that's beside the point. I, I mean, the transition he went from the in-ring competitor to being one of the best, arguably the best color commentator ever. He adds that healed dynamic that let's be honest we we complained probably from day one with dynamite that the, the announced group just it's taken so long for them to gel they're still in the process it's almost been a year for them uh since september or october actually october of last year and it's taken this long for excalibur and jim ross and tony Schiavone to gel and for me what they need is to go with what's worked in wrestling for years you got three guys none of them are that bring that heel dynamic they're just basically three Analysts slash play-by, who they're all play-by-play guys. So who's doing what? You need one play-by-play guy and one color commentator that can be mainly that heel guy. And so you put like, if it's not going to be Jim Ross for the long run for AEW, a Tony Schiavone and a Chris Jericho, a, an Excalibur and a Chris Jericho, some combination. That to me, that would be better. The question is whether or not Jericho. I mean, we all know he's busy with Fozzie and doing other things. He's got other interests. Is that something that he would be? you know, for the long run, be interested in. I think it's something that, and it's one of those things that I talk about it. When you can have that unique character, which Jericho is, that can come in and just be special. And think of it even if you do it this way. AEW right now only does four pay-per-views a year. He's there for the pay-per-views. He's there for the for even just before the pay-per-view and the pay-per-view, and that's it. And he's just that special commodity that shows up. You look forward to it. It's what they should have done with Brock Lesnar where the luster kind of came, on, on, came off of him to some people. You make him that special commodity that you only bring him out for these moments. And maybe if it is that moment, if there's ever a time where, not to steal a phrase from The Undertaker, in case of emergency break glass, you bring Chris Jericho out if the ratings do happen to dip in a way that you're a little bit concerned about. But right now, I enjoyed it. I love the way that he, that uh, what the way that they're using him in terms of in that and the storyline with him and Ar- Orange Cassidy. I think it's someone where we talked about it. I can't remember if it was on the podcast or uh, here on the show, just in terms of the developing of this Orange Cassidy character with Chris Jericho. It's great because you, you're you not letting Orange Cassidy change too much. And it's something that Chris Jericho does a great job with, even if you go back and even though he was very, very well established at this point in time, the big show, when you did Jericho's show, it added another layer to to the big show. He adds that other layer. He does such a great job with that that I think he could stay. You can keep him around and use scenarios like that. For well, no, you could argue that Chris Jericho is one of the greatest, for lack of a better way of putting it, dance partners of all time. Because you think about some well, of the wrestling, Chris, they're not yeah, dancing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Wrong show. That's you, Dancing with the Stars. Hey, he was That's on there. The other channel wasn't he on there? I'm pretty sure he was on Dancing with the Stars. I've so. never watched Dancing with the Stars, uh, so you're on your own with that uh, one. It's okay. Well, either way, you look at some of the you know great, some of the wrestlers that he's had awesome matches with that kind of he brought up to another level, like he's doing with an Orange Cassidy, really putting him up. Put, what did he do? Look what he did for Fandango, what, five, six years ago. I mean, Fandango was just a dancing guy, and then the night after WrestleMania is when Fandangoing became a thing. Why? Because Chris Jericho built Fandango up, put him over on the grandest stage of them all. 
I mean, and even in tag team roles, and look what he's done for, I mean, he's rebirthed really Jake Hager's career as being part of the inner circle. I mean, he put Sammy Guevara on the map. And, I mean, he's done good things, I suppose, for Ortiz and Santana, although I don't know exactly what they're doing with them in, in the tag team division because they really have under underutilized them, to, to my opinion, to what they've done with them so far. Because, I mean, I like private parties as a tag team, but, you know, Santana and Ortiz is a team that could very well be competing, and I don't know that they have challenged Hangman and uh, Omega for the belts, but they should be in the tag team title conversation, and they're not. But, I mean, Jericho just, when you put him with somebody, he's that much better at putting them over. Now, you made mention of someone who I've been expecting more, and you said that he's made him better. I, I'm i going to have to argue that with you, and it's Jake Hagar. I'm just not Sammy imp- Hagar? I'm just not impressed with this character anymore. I'm kind of over it. I see what he's trying to do or someone's trying to do with it, and I'm just not impressed with it anymore. It, it I, I don't understand him. I, I don't like him. I liked him when he was more of a – the the uh, who was he in WWE? Uh, we the people. Yeah, with the lisp. But well, he still has a lisp. He didn't get rid of that. Yeah, he doesn't he, talk. Well, yes, he doesn't. That's talk. the best thing for him. No, let him talk. Let that character develop. with the lisp. Sure, yes, go with that. Have you heard some of his promos when he tried to be somebody heard- that worked bike in WWE? It wasn't pretty. His promos got better with time. He was better. Better with Zeb Coulter as his manager because well, I mean you can't compare it. that Zeb Coulter make would make you a better superstar. No, he wouldn't. I'm fantastic. You know we really got to start <laughs> drug testing on this show. Evidently, you did something before you got here that we really needed to talk about. Well, speaking of talking about, we're gonna have the third member of our dance party. Let's do a quick roll. Chris Colwell. Present. Road Dog Gillespie. Here and attended. How are you, brother? I'm doing great, guys. How are you doing? I'm in sunny Florida, uh, approaching uh, Daly's Place, ready for night two of Fighter Fest, and I am pumped. Now, that's, now, I'm happy that you made it down there. I'm happy that you made it safe. You sent us pictures. But I want to know, because oh, last boy, night... did I ever. Boy, those pictures. I'm going to go look at those when we get off this phone call. And wow. here begins creeping with Road Dog. I got that. Look, the creeping of Adam the Road Dog Gillespie has nothing to do with Extra 106.3. <laughs> but look, we saw you last night. You had a mask on. You had an AEW mask on, as well as it looks like you had your UGA mask on. Tell us what it's like once you got to the arena. What took place? What steps AEW did for you as a fan, as a spectator going in there? What steps did they take for you? What did you have to do? And what was it like around there when you were in there? So the mask was really more for the pitcher. Uh, we were not required to wear that the whole time. They did ask us to wear that uh, or have a mask on during the kind of waiting before we went into Daly's place. So what happens is you uh, there's a check-in. They, uh, you go in, they ask you your name, you know, you, you get checked in, and then they do a temperature scan. Uh, so you get your temperature taken, you get a little wrist bracelet that says, yes, I uh, got my temperature taken and I'm safe. And then you fill out a little questionnaire. Have you been traveling? Have you been on a cruise? Have you had any symptoms as of late? Uh, and then you kind of gather as a group. I counted about uh, between 40 and 50 uh, late, uh, guys, gals, and kids uh, waiting to go in. We all kind of kept our distances from each other. This was the time, though, where we were kind of wearing our mask. Once we got in, they separated the group into three groups. There was group A, group B, and then group C was anybody that had children. And all of these groups were in different sections of 
Daly's place. So you had your own section within your own group, and then they asked for everybody to sit one row apart, I mean, one seat apart in one row. Definitely doing some uh, distancing that way as well. But they, they did, there wasn't really any instruction from them. So when you got to your section, roughly how many people were in the area for you? And were you hard camera side? Where were you in relation to the ring? Because I'm watching and was trying to see you. Because we talked about it before in terms of having the mask on. Where were you in relation to the hard camera? And for everyone that was significantly closer, did it look like it could have been indie wrestlers, up-and-coming wrestlers? Or was it fans that were they allowed uh, closer to ringside? I'm sorry, I dropped out a little bit on that question. Um, but I think when they split, uh, I did catch part of it, so I'll answer the part I heard. Uh, I was, I guess I was on the opposite side of hard side. I was sitting with the hard side camera. Uh, you know, the hard, the camera, there's not really seats on the other side of hard side because that's the, the amphitheater stage of Daly's Place and then the wrestlers around the ring itself. And I would estimate there were probably about, uh, 15 to 20 people in, or maybe even a little less. Cause there was probably about 50 to uh, 60 fans total. Once we got in there and there's some late arrivals. So maybe about 20 to 25 people in my section, then the other section and then the kids and family sections. Um, the, and, and I'm sorry, what were the other questions I dropped out? Well, Road Doug, I was, I was going to ask you, you know, you've been to, you and I, I know I've, I've attended several WWE events in the past, and you look at, you know, these huge crowds, you take in an event like that, and you're used to having all these people around you. What was the change for you? Like, go, being in that environment when there's not as many people, and it's kind of an awkward environment to begin with, yet, you know, you're still, the in-ring action, was it the same? I mean, what did it compare? Like, how was it for you? Yeah, I mean, we were still doing chants. We were still uh, yelling at the high, or, you know, for the high spots or the hot uh, women. Yelling, the yes, yelling at the hot women. Uh, we were, you know, we were yelling at Jack uh, Hager when he was doing beating up Arn Anderson, or uh, you know, Owen and Owen when uh, um, Taz was taking shots at WWE. You know, it was it was, but it was also more relaxed because during the commercial breaks. Um, you know, there's just nothing going on. You know, you know, everyone kind of just kind of chills for a moment. And then something that they're allowing is you can bring in your own food and drink because uh, obviously the concessions aren't open to the because there's not anything going on, really. Uh, so there was a guy on my row who was just making mixed drinks for everybody uh, and passing them around. I think there are cranberry and vodkas that he was handing out uh, to some group to the group. But um, it's just a more it's a more of a relaxed uh, atmosphere as what you know wrestlemania or raw would be in state farm arena but you still get into it you still chant you still ooh and all ah, you still enjoy the high spots and the moments um that that happen in front of you as a as a wrestling fan uh tony khan came out and addressed the crowd before the show and then you saw him come in and out uh, a couple times during the commercial breaks uh going over to talk to some of the guys and talents uh the wrestlers were were uh, changing positions during some of the breaks. So they were either running to the back or uh, get setting up for the next spot that they needed to be involved in. Um, but it was still a fun crowd. I mean, we still had fun. I believe I know I did as a crowd in attendance. Now over the, after the logistics of all of that had taken place, what was your favorite match of the night as you were there live? What match literally 
got you, captivated you? Because you and I, we've been to wrestling events before, and we've been to some where we were sitting there, and it was kind of okay. Please hurry up and be over. Please hurry up and be over. Yeah, there was what? another. There was a match like that. I won't. I don't want to call it out, but uh, there was a. I, I really enjoyed the opening match. I thought they started the night last night with a really good match. MJF and Warlow against uh, Jurassic Express. You know, Jungle Boy and and uh, Luchasaurus. That was a really good match, in my opinion. And those were two big old boys really uh, doing some high flying stuff that you know you wouldn't imagine uh warlord and uh luchasaurus being able to do so i i enjoyed that that match and the crowd was uh, again the kind of going back to what chris said the crowd was still getting on to mjf and uh and enjoying that so I, that was my favorite match of the ma- of the night my favorite moment was when uh taz really called out wwe for ha- running a sloppy shop uh over there and i knew that was going to make um, uh waves uh down the street in Orlando, and apparently it did to some of the rumors that are out there. Yeah, according to the rumors, the old Vinny Mac is not very pleased <laughs> with that. Well, Road Dog, we are up against it, but my man, continue to be safe, travel carefully. We look forward to you getting back up here with us. Uh, do do this for me. Try not to creep on any of the AEW female talent down there. I don't want you to be arrested. It's Florida. I hear strange stories come out of there. Be safe. You got a beautiful daughter and girl and lady to come home to, brother. All right, guys. Have a good night. You too, man. Have a good weekend. Easy on the booze, too. I, I'm just saying, you know, you, you go to the event, you've got apparently guys that are passing around mixed drinks. Be got to be careful. You got to make it back home. That's that's priority number one. And remember the show. Well, he was there last night, so he had another night that was there. But he talked on something, Chris, and, and that I wanted to touch on before we go to break. Taz, where Taz basically at this point in time, he's going back to the old days. Of the of the night wars, where and I'm talking about the Monday night wars, where's Raw versus SmackDown? Taz is going back to that, as he does say, and you heard Road Dog report to us, and we thank him for joining us. Uh, they don't run a sloppy shop where they wanted to make reference of why John Moxley was wasn't there and how everything would be handled going forward, and in terms of the match uh, with him and Cage. But what do you think? Do you enjoy where you pull the curtain back a little bit more and just go at it verbally? Well, I mean, you're not you're not fooling anybody. People know that it's out there, NXT versus AEW. Yeah, sure, pull the curtain back. I don't have a problem with that at all. And, I mean, look, they were sure they were going to explain why, and you've got to explain with some, you know, truth to it. Maybe you don't have to take the full-on shot, but I believe that a lot of that has to do with the fact that what did NXT countered Fighter Fest with? The Great American Bash, Dusty Rhodes' brainchild. I'm sure Cody Rhodes, I don't know that he actually encouraged that, but... You know, maybe the idea got poked around there. Hey, you know, if you want, they're going to have Great American Bash opposite our show live, and they're going to do it for two weeks, which they weren't going to do up until a week ago. It's just going to be an episode of NXT. Sure, let's prod them because you know what they want to. They want to make it personal. We're going to make it personal too. This is whether they want to try to put it off as no, we're going to focus on us. They're going to focus on them, and we're just going to put on a wrestling show for the fans. There's a reason why we see it as the Wednesday Night Wars because I mean, when you're going head to head. There's no way that it's not going to become just that. I'm intrigued to see how they go with it. I don't think that they're they're going to have to, you're not going to like, they're going to have to move someone down to NXT that can verbally spar properly with AEW if you want to go down that road because that's the only way they compete with it. They don't have anyone that's there as of right now. Adam Cole? Adam Cole, from the looks of it, and we're going to talk about that in Over the Top Rope, Adam Cole might not be at NXT much longer. 
We'll talk about that as we as on the other side. You're listening to the finishing move. Big John Radcliffe along with Chris. I don't know what nickname he has anymore. I really give up on that channel. The over analyst and the bearded wrestling fan. I have two nicknames now. I'm like Apollo Creed in Rocky Four. He had like fifteen nicknames before the Drago fight. I just hope that the night doesn't end. He that was a champion. Not in that fight. He at least he had been in some fights and won some battles. Am I You're... not the champion of this show? That's it. Drug testing. <laughs> You're listening to The Finishing Move live from Cobb County on Extra 106.3. Live from Cobb County, this is The Finishing Move. Talking all things wrestling on Extra 106.3 FM. Welcome back to The Finishing Move. Big John Radcliffe along with one portion, quarter, third. The champion of this show. Does your wife know that you do drugs? Is she aware that you're... You, She's listening to the show right now, so... Is she aware that you... you she may you, be finding out right now if that's indeed what's going on, but if okay, it's I'll the case, some, then somebody slipped something in. I don't know. No, don't try to blame this on someone else. I'll tell you now, the best advice is not for your wife to find out these things, you know, via the radio show. Oh, well, let me tell her to tune out then. Because you get on my phone right now, I'm going to text her, Darlin, so, please tune out. Don't oh, now, you, now you're trying to suck up. Darlin, please tune out. You know, several of our coworkers, they lost their spouse that way. <laughs> so I hate for that to happen for you. But it is time for one of our favorite moments of the show. It just seems to change names all the time. It's much like Chris Colwell, it changes names because it's time to go over the top rope. You suck. The man's you an Olympic suck. champion. That is not nice to say you that about him. You suck. He's an Olympic champion. You suck. Well, you talked about it. You, you said maybe suck. Adam Cole could be the guy that could have the mic skills that could go up against AEW. But photos have now leaked where WWE, it appears that they have recorded the match that took place between Keith Lee and Adam Cole. Now, it's hard to see because there's tons of pyrotechnics and confetti in between it. But it looks like Keith Lee walks away with the win, and he is going to be not only the first African-American NXT champion, but now he has both of the titles. Time out. You did not start this segment by putting a disclaimer, spoilers may be available, because it sounds to me like you just spoiled something. If you prep properly and get online and do the research like I've done, because you can find it anywhere that's out there. I I see that, but that doesn't mean I read the article, because maybe I didn't want to be spoiled. It's sitting right there. It's not. It doesn't, doesn't mean it says spoiler on most of the websites. No, it does not. You can Google Keith Lee. It pops right up. Well, I didn't Google Keith Lee. Why would I Google Keith Lee? So evidently you didn't prep properly for the show is what you're telling me. What, there was no reason to talk Keith oh, Lee this please, week. Please. We'll talk him next week. This is over the top rope where we discuss the events that take place outside of the ring. Yes. Yes. This that is was outside. actually inside the ring. No, no, no. This photo is from outside the ring. <laughs> this is not inside the ring. Thank you, Mr. Over Analytical. I'm protesting. Okay, well, you can go right Black Lives Matter right in front of Battery Avenue for all I care. I, I support you. But at this point in time, obviously you haven't prepped for this, so we will move on. Who did the show sheet, ladies and gentlemen? And I'm sorry, who's running point? I'm adapting the show. We made some audibles here, brother. Oh, I see. 
Sorry you didn't prep properly for the show. You know what? You know what? We're really going to audible. Hey, look, guys, we got a special guest joining us tonight. Since my co-host obviously didn't prep and get ready for this show properly, we're going to take this little show sheet of his. Throw that out the window. (laughs) That is so harsh. Friend of the show. You're really hurting my feelings right now. Oh, you must be coming off that high that you're on. Friend of the show. (laughs) Announcer extraordinaire. Maybe he can give us some insight to some of the things that are going on on this show, because I don't know what the world Chris Colwell is going through. B-Dub, what's up, man? Brandon Benefield joining us from SHW. How are you, brother? What's going on, guys? It's good to be back. I appreciate you guys having me. Now, Big John, just to... uh Kind of come to his defense. I'm hey, actually whoa, in here. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I'm actually I will in here. Your mic off. I'm actually in here making cocktails. Oh, uh, okay. So much like Road Dog was talking about earlier. So I'm like making cocktails for everybody in here. So he's a little bit. Guys, so my wife him. is listening. This is a terrible him. idea. Let's not talk about this. Well, you should have started with the disclaimer. Spoiler alert: My wife's listening. But <laughs> I <instead>. mentioned it. <laughs> no, you should have started the segment with the that. Last segment. Uh, well, that sounds like a personal issue. You got to go home and deal with her. I don't. Man. Anyway, so what's going on, guys? What's going like on, man? The, the show's going off the tracks out here. Oh, what's going this on? is what happens. It always I, does. When I deal with Captain Over Analytical over there. <laughs> but <laughs> hey, man. Analyst. How's everything been going since COVID 19? We look. One of the things that my heart has gone out for is independent wrestlers. And I hate to use that word because I don't. I know some people, you know, when you say independent wrestlers, it's a dirty word. But these are the guys that are out there. They've been putting out their blood, sweat, and tears to try and do more in the career that's been going on. And I know through this pandemic and COVID-19, Southern Honor Wrestling was not exempt from it. What's been going on with SHW, and how have some of the wrestlers been dealing with everything that's going on? Man, it's been rough, and uh, you're exactly right. It's been tough to see some of our pals that uh, this is how they make their living every single weekend, you know, going from show to show all around the Southeast. And uh, uh, it's been tough to uh, see a lot of them out of work. Um, one thing we started doing, my uh, broadcast partner, Gerard uh, Bonner, and myself, uh, he calls commentary with me at the shows. We actually started a uh, an SHW-specific podcast to post on SHW's social media uh, every single week because we wanted some way to kind of stay in touch with the fans, uh, some sort of content to put out because, just like everything else, all of our shows got canceled. So, um We've been able to do that, and we've had uh, all the SHW roster. We've had guests come on with us every single week, every Friday. So check it out on SHW's uh, Southern Honor Wrestling's Facebook page. But, yeah, um, we did just announce that uh, we're returning. Goody, goody. All right. When can we expect the return? The big announcement came yesterday, and uh, it's going to be Friday, August 28th, at the Action Building in Canton, Georgia. Are you there? Ladies and gentlemen, mark your calendar because the next question I'm going to ask, obviously, we don't know what the world will look like at that point in time. Are there going right now? Are there going to be any rules and restrictions put in place in terms of distancing the amount of people? Is any of that going to be affected by any of this? So general manager of SHW, Gary Lamb, was very adamant that he did not want to come back until we could come back full force with no restrictions. So they thought long and hard about this. And we're hoping by August 28th, which is still about two months away, that um, we'll be able to show up and have a normal show where we can blow the roof off the place and uh, and hopefully uh, be able to do it without having to restrict people and space everybody out, uh, out six feet apart and all that kind of stuff. So 
We'll see. Are there any contingency plans kind of in place in, in case that we do get to August and maybe there are some restrictions? Is it a situation where maybe the show gets moved back to a later date or will they just proceed with just limited fans or no fans? That's a great question, and I do not know the answer. Uh, I do know that they are not selling tickets until August 1st because they're kind of hoping, okay, that gives us at least another month to kind of— We know what we look like exactly right, right. being thirty less than 30 days away. Yeah, Very cool. Well, look, also, you know, because— the question came up. I'm gonna get off topic here for one quick second because we asked for Danny to be here with us. Uh, we wanted to have her on. Evidently, Chris Colwell uh, forgot, and in our group text, he even took a shot at you guys, saying how looks how you guys stole stole our idea and had her on the podcast. So <laughs> time out, time Chris out, Colwell time out. That just... was Road Dog on this group text. Wait I did not a, say that. I'm, Wait a second, you are putting words in my mouth I, that were not there. I can reach out to Road Dog, and he can he can confirm my statement. But I, what I, one thing I do want to throw out there, though, for you, and I'd like to pass it on through you, uh-huh. for your general manager and any of the SHW stars, as things start to ramp back up, if there's anything that we can do here at The Finishing Move, we'd love to have them on, not only from our end, but to get it on. Like, I see right now you're wearing a Danny Jordan T-shirt, and I know, Al, we had the Young Bucks on, and if anybody knows that's not a casual wrestling fan that knows the Young Bucks made their bones going up and down the highways and byways, um, putting out T-shirts, selling them out of the back of their vans, if there's anything that we can do to help with that, and is there anywhere that we can go where we can help support indie wrestlers, whether it be SHW's website or anywhere where we can support by buying merch? ProWrestlingTees.com. And I know you you hear about it through AEW because that's where they run all their merch, through ProWrestlingTees.com. But we have a ton of people on the SHW roster. Uh, Southern Honor Wrestling has a page on ProWrestlingTees.com, and so do a lot of the individual wrestlers. So Danny Jordan has a page there. Um, plenty of the roster does. So if you want to go there, any of your favorite wrestlers, AC Mack, uh, I mean, Owen Knight, uh, I'm trying to think, but there's plenty. There's plenty out there. So ProWrestlingTees.com, I was going to get to that because you talked about how it sucks right now because none of them are able to work regularly every single weekend. That's one way you can still support them is go online, buy their merch, and if they don't have a Pro Wrestling Tees page, go to their Facebook page. Find them on Facebook, find them on Instagram, and and reach out to them. Send them messages because a lot of them are very open to that. If you send them a message and say, hey, how can I buy one of your T-shirts, trust me, they love selling merch, so they will get back to you and let you know how to uh, go about getting some merch. But uh, before uh, I forget, I do want to let you know what's going to be happening on August 28th because it is going to be our second annual Rumble Jack. Oh, Do you snap. recall last year? I know we talked yes. about it. I don't know if we oh, talked yeah. about it on this show, but uh, the Rumble Jack last year, it's basically a combination of a Royal Rumble where when you get down to the final two uh, contestants, everybody that was eliminated then becomes uh, uh, Lumberjacks surrounding the ring, and then you just have a hmm. Lumberjack match with the final two competitors left in the ring. So that match will be taking place. We also got a title match between uh, the champion Corey Hollis taking on Ashton Starr, the number one contender. You got the SHW Tag Team Champs, Matt and Joey Lynch, taking on the Lethal Poison, which is Brady Pierce and Michael Judas. Brady Pierce, by the way, has been showing up on AEW Dark lately and just fought uh, Scorpio Sky this past week. And speaking of Scorpio Sky, last week he took on Lee Johnson. Lee Johnson's another SHW uh, uh, original. He's been there since day one. And Lee Johnson will be facing AC Mack at the August show. And the stipulation in that match, the loser has to become the first entrant in the Rumble Jack. The winner nice. becomes the final entrant in the Rumble Jack. So that'll that's be the cool first match of the night. Yeah, that'll be the first match of the night. Last year we had a similar situation with the Lynch brothers, and mm-hmm. they did the same thing where they fought each other, and the loser was la- or first, the winner was last. So 
Um, anyways, it's going to be a great show. So we got like those three matches and then the big Rumble Jack match itself, which uh, usually it's kind of like a Royal Rumble. It, it's a big, long match. It's gonna, we're going to have 25, 30 wrestlers involved. So it's, it's a way to get as many wrestlers as we can back for one good show because everybody's chomping at the bit to get back. All the wrestlers that have been out of work for you know three months now. So it's a way to get everybody involved. It's a way to start new storylines moving forward. Uh, you know, because every time you see a Royal Rumble, you see two guys kind of get in a little situation, and then that starts a little feud there and a little feud here. So it's a cool way to kind of get storylines moving forward. So we are very excited, and we've been chomping at the bit for the last three months because uh, SHW, at first Friday of every month, has been my favorite day every single month. You know, we're excited for you guys, and you mentioned the fact that uh, several several of the SHW wrestlers have been able to be a part of the AEW tapings through Dark yeah. or uh, maybe even a couple of Dynamite matches. You know, you've been through doing the show there, the podcast for Southern Honor Wrestling. You've obviously interviewed several of the wrestlers there. What is How important has that been for them during this time when they're not regularly working their independent spots, but they are at least getting some work either through the local AEW shows that were here at the uh, up in Norcross, at the training center up there of QT Marshall, or now down in Jacksonville? That has been absolutely huge, and we've talked to a couple that have been uh, part of that. I mean, we've got, just to list off a few, you've got like uh, David Ali has been showing up uh, the last uh, few weeks. Danny Jordan's been there a few times. Uh, Lee Johnson, like I said, Alan Angels is down there. Uh, Alan Angels actually just joined the Dark Order not too long ago. Um, but Danny, we talked to her, as you mentioned earlier, we talked to her uh, last week or the week before, and she talked on that a little bit about how what a great opportunity that is because so many of the indie wrestlers have been out of work like we talked about. And so for them, it's just been this great opportunity, and it was just kind of luck of luck of the draw really because – they happen to be local. They happen to be students at the Nightmare Factory, which uh, formerly called the One Fall Power Factory. And that's, like you said, in Norcross. And they did a set of tapings there where Danny got to be in the crowd and Jericho called her out on commentary. It, it was just kind of cool watching on TV going, hey, these are some of our, our friends from SHW. And uh, they just jumped at the opportunity. And, and uh, yeah, you know, whether you want to call, call it enhancement talent or whatever you want to say, they they're still putting in the work. They're still paying their dues, and they're they're getting in there and taking advantage of the opportunity to appear on Dark or Dynamite. So it's been very cool and a very uh, big opportunity for all of them. Joining us here on the Finishing Move, Brandon Benefield, co-host of the Mean Street Podcast and announcer for Southern Honor Wrestling. Now, is there a concern that like we talked about Danny? Which, by the way, Danny Speedy Recovery. I think I read that she sprained an MCL or an L. She sprained something in the knee. Yeah, and it. And, you know, I, I understand how those work. But is there any concern from Southern Honor where we've seen Danny where she's been up to AEW? Any concern of possibly losing any superstars, any talent because? They're getting these other opportunities, other places to do little things. And I know once you're, you know, once you're family, you're always family. But is there any concern of possibly losing any? My understanding is that AEW, and I don't really know the details, but I think that they're kind of a little loose with letting their talent do some other things uh, outside of AEW. And I don't know how, like, like I said, I don't know the details on that. So I'm hoping that we'll still be able to... Uh, you know, say some of our talent do get signed uh, or, 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 you know, get a little extend, extension with their time with AEW. But uh, I, I think they would still be able to join us the first Friday of every month and, uh, you know, still be involved with the SHW storylines and still be regulars with SHW. Uh, don't quote me on that because I don't know that for a fact, but I, I hope that's the case. And I think that's the case. Now, one thing I know about Southern Honor Wrestling, there's always a surprise. Can do you know 
And can you tease or hint, or just break right here on the finishing move, uh, who's going to be there, That who's scheduled tentatively to be there that first night? Because, I mean, we've seen a lot of stars come through Southern Honor Wrestling, surprise us, shock us, and show up there. I know you guys have gotten some time to sit down, go through your Rolodex, go through your phones. Is there anyone in the works? All I've been told is to expect the unexpected. Here's the thing I got to well, tell you. Well, this is 2020. Because, That's the way this year is going. I know, right? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. But the thing is, and, and I tell people this all the time, because even at the shows, people ask uh, Gerard and myself all the time, you know, what's going to happen or who's going to face this guy here and there? And they, they think we know everything. Like, they honestly don't tell us all the spoilers. Like, we, <laughs> we find out the majority of the stuff as we're calling the shows, which we kind of like it that way because it gives, you, gives us more of a, a genuine reaction as we're calling the matches. But... Um, I have been told, you know, that's kind of the become a catchphrase with SHW is you never know who's going to show up. So it is the Rumble Jack. Uh, last year we had some surprises. I mean, Robert Gibson, one half of the Rock and Roll Express, showed up last year. Actually, Danny eliminated him in that match in last year's Rumble Jack. So you just never know who's going to show up. And then the following month, uh, again, and this is hopefully, you know, we don't hit a second wave and all of this gets shut down again. But hopefully, if we're able to continue – the second month, August, uh, October, when October gets here, it'll be our second year anniversary or two year anniversary. And I have been told there might be some big names to show up for that as well. So you just gotta, you just gotta show up. You just gotta show up. You got a reason to be there right there. You just don't know who's going to show up there. And I've seen, you know, they're also SHW is on. What's the what's the app? Uh, the international or not? Oh, it's the uh, independent wrestling TV yeah, app or I, something like that. IWTV. So it's independentwrestling.tv. Thanks for uh, bringing that up, Chris. That's a, a great segue. The only segue. thing he's added to this show thus far. <laughs> it's a great segue for a quick plug here. Uh, independentwrestling.tv, it's like $10 a month, I believe, and mm-hmm. you get not just all the SHW shows in their entirety, but hundreds of indie wrestling shows from all across the country. So if you're an indie wrestling fan, it's an awesome app. Uh, you can get it on your phone. You can also get it on Roku and watch it on your television. Um but this is the perfect time right now because everybody's binging everything on uh, Everybody's Netflix. at home, yep. yeah. So go on there, binge every, binge all of the SHW shows. There are, uh, Up to this point, there are 18. Mm-hmm. So this will be SHW 19, which, a.k.a. the second annual Rumble Jack, coming up August 28th. And, uh, man, we, we just can't wait. And like I said, you just never know who's going to show up. So Now, last time you were here, you guys, and I think it was, I might be mixing dates up, so forgive me, but we were talking about you guys had just added the tag team titles Mm -hmm. to Southern Honor Wrestling. Is there any talks of adding any more belts into SHW? Do you feel like it's even needed to add any more belts into into the lineup that you guys have there? And if so, you know, once again, breaking news. I, you know what? At this point, I I don't really think so because we only have the one show a month. Um, you know, our, we do have a pretty big roster, but we also have several people that come in and out of the shows every month. Like there's not there there are some people on the roster that are that are there every single month, and then we have several that kind of come in every so often. So I mean, there's not like a huge huge roster where we have to get everybody on TV every week, like AEW or WWE. Um, you know, we have the the heavyweight championship, then we have the tag titles, and people have asked all the time, like, well, when is Danny going to get a shot for the women's championship? Well, we don't have a women's championship. And to be honest, Danny is, we jokingly say she's the face of the women's division, but that's because basically she is the women's division, and usually we bring in one or two other women from time to time, but Danny's been there the whole time. So we just don't have really enough women on the roster to justify having a, a, a women's title. Um, 
Danny was voted the Georgia Women's Wrestler of the Year. Uh, this Kudos past to year. her. This, Congratulations, And that Danny. was the second year in a row she got uh, voted that. So she, she, I don't know if she made it or somebody made it for her, but she, did you, Chris might know what I'm talking about. You saw the pictures. Yes, the but trophy. She was, she was presented a trophy. But if you look closely, at the top of the trophy was a little race car, and then the, uh-huh. then the letter or the numbers that said 2003 – so if you ask Danny, that's what happened to my racing trophy. So I asked Danny, like, what was up with that? And she said, well, the race car represents the fact that I zoomed past my competition. She said the two stands for this is my second year winning it. And the three stands for the fact that I'm going to win it a third year. Very so she, creative. She had a justification for huh. the whole thing, but I, it still looked a little fishy to me that she had a race car trophy. So She can keep it. Anyways, but we kind of made that kind of like her. That's her championship. Well, kudos to Danny Jordan. And, Chris, I'd like to see you try and take it from her. You're saying she can keep it. I would love to see you try and take it. Yeah. I <laughs> well, we've so. already established I'm the champion of the show, so I'm okay with that mantle. Yeah. I will defend that right now. Finishing up here with Brandon Benefield from Southern Honor Wrestling and the Mean Street Podcast. All right, so since you haven't been able to break anything for us, what's coming up on the podcast? Do you know what's going on there? Uh, so I will tell you this. We have a, a – SHW podcast airing tomorrow on the Facebook page, Southern Honor Wrestling Facebook page, and we're actually having the general manager himself, Gary Lamb, joining us to elaborate and talk more about the big announcement, and uh, perhaps he has a little more uh, breaking stuff he could tell you uh, tomorrow. So tune in, 6 p.m. Eastern on the Facebook page. If you miss it live, you can, of course, watch it on demand. It'll be there as soon as it airs, uh, 6 p.m. tomorrow evening. Brandon Benefil from Southern Honor Wrestling. B-Dub, thank you for joining us. You're always welcome. All right, Chris, since obviously going over the top rope was not your thing tonight. Really? I thought I had a pretty good over-the-top rope lineup <laughs> that you just neglected. You threw it out the window with the very first statement, so we're going to get over that, and we're going to get ready mm-hmm. to go home, and we're going to have a special patriotic go-home match. B-Dub, Please stick around. Join us. Yes, sir. Hopefully Chris Colwell will sober up so he can join us for it as well. <laughs> You're listening to The Finishing Move on Extra 106.3. Big John Radcliffe along with my drunk tag team partner, Chris Colwell, who has a new nickname. Adam Gillespie is remote, but you've been listening to The Finishing Move on Extra 106.3. Live from Cobb County, this is The Finishing Move. With the road dog, Adam Gillespie, the bearded wrestling fan, Chris Colwell, and Big John Radcliffe. On Extra 106.3 FM. You're listening to The Finishing Move on Extra 106.3. Big John Radcliffe along with my tag team partner, Chris Colwell, and our special guest, Brandon Benefield. Before we get to the go-home segment of the show, there is something from over the top rope. Hopefully Chris can behave himself so we can get to this portion Ooh, of it. I don't know. I got this. I I had an entire commercial break. I'm clearly sobered back up. I am fine. Let's go. You really shouldn't be driving home. You might want to just go lay on the couch. But a tweet went out that actually caught my eye where Sting tweets out as he's sitting on a motorcycle. It's an old picture of the surfer boy Sting. But then his recent Twitter account has up there, and I quote, who's ready for one last ride with Sting? Do we want to see Sting and The Undertaker? We've always wanted it for years. Do we want it now? We do not want Undertaker and Sting because Undertaker needs to stay retired. And Sting, if he wants to have one more match so he can go out on his own terms, I might support that, but it's got to be the right opponent. B-Dub, what do you think? Do you want to see Sting and The Undertaker one last time? Yes, most definitely. And they needs to be with the crowd. 
Even if they need to do it like a cinematic style or something, because that way they can kind of hide the limitations that both guys are going to have. You mean the age? Yeah. The word you're looking for is age? There you go. Did you see Undertaker and Goldberg? Yeah. That's why I said they saw how that worked out. That's why I said they could do the cinematic style somehow, I don't know, incorporate like they did with the AJ match, uh, the Boneyard match, uh, so they can kind of disguise Boneyard too. Now, to be fair about that, you're comparing Sting and Goldberg. (laughs) Yeah. That's I mean, nobody ever said Sting was like Ric Flair in the ring either. Yeah, but he ain't Goldberg. No, no you're right about that. <laughs> but you mentioned age. He's much older than Goldberg. so He was still putting on a pretty good match until Rollins gave him the buckle bomb, and that ruined him. But That's before true. that, so he was still still doing it. We'll keep our fingers crossed. Hopefully, due to you know editing and cinematography, maybe they can ch- thang- change things around and we can get the match that we want. But now it's time for my favorite part of the show. As my system doesn't want to work, <laughs> wait for it. It's not working. Should I should I do the drop for you? No, don't do that. It's not working. This is this is <laughs> oh not okay. All right, well it's time for the go home portion of the show. Don't you want to go home? No, it's anticlimactic. <laughs> this is this lets me know I need my long weekend. Oh, this is how this is going for me. I I I, I got a co-host who's <laughs> drunk and just won't do the segment here. This is how I was it. willing to do the segment. You ended it. No, it wasn't. You derailed it. Go home. There Go it home. is. That's your home. Are you too good for your home? Answer me. I don't even have the energy to do this part. All right, look, it's Fourth of July weekend. What is your mo- What is your favorite patriotic moment in all of wrestling? Let's let our guests go first. B Dub. Ooh. Um. It's kind of spur of the moment here. I didn't have time to think about this. Well, uh, the, the Chris fir- hasn't thought about the, the show, so obviously, <laughs> the, the first thing that pops out to me, and not to. I don't think it's too much of a negative note because this was a really cool moment when it happened, but the first, I believe it was a SmackDown right after 9-11. It was like the first big live Join the show. club. That's exactly the one I was going to say as well. Oh, I stole it from you. Sorry No, about that. it's fine. It was one of those yes. moments that I think as we've gone through all of this stuff in terms of, you know, uh, police brutality, COVID-19, 9-11 was one of those moments. And for the three of us, I think at our age, that we had ever experienced something like that. Oh, and yeah. we needed that refreshing moment of, you know, you saw it in sports. You just needed that moment to detach from it for a second. Mm-hmm. The way it all started, every wrestler that came out there was an American patriot at that point in time. And I remember it so much. I even go back and watch it sometimes just for those moments because I lived in New York. I grew up in New York. So those towers, watching those towers not be there, that broke my heart. To It's been hard yeah. for me to even travel up there and not, be able to see it i'm with you guys as far as how great that moment was but i did want to provide an alternative did either of you attend survivor series 2015 here in atlanta no no okay so there was the terrorist threat right before that from i uh, do remember that the uh, isis group and there was a threat to the arena there when they started the show we were all attending there Lillian Garcia comes out, sings the national anthem, and the emotion in the crowd chanting USA, USA. I'm getting goosebumps thinking about it. It was amazing because, we. I mean, if you were going to that show, you might have been a little concerned and a little scared in the back of your mind. You just weren't going to let these guys scare you away from what you were going to live in your life. So it was one of those moments where you just felt at comfortable there uh, in the good old USA, and it was a really awesome moment. Yeah. It's awesome. I think in these times that we're in, and, and we'll end the show with this, one of the things and one of the beautiful things from both of those moments that we got from wrestling, you can say whatever you want where people use that F word and say, oh, it's not real, it's not fake, these are still athletes, these are still human beings. And in times like this, 
these are times where you need moments like that where you can take your mind away from it. As we had baseball publicly just show in front of us, we're going to stiff our noses at you guys because we're millionaires arguing with billionaires about dollars. We had guys go out there. We've had people, you know, in the indies who are trying to figure out how they can still make money and put food on their table and have a craft that they love. And it just shows that this is still something that's enjoyable, still something that's necessary, still something that we could have tons of fun with. And we look forward to when we can get the world back to normal and get things like this taken care of because I love the fact that they've addressed all a lot of the issues that are taking place in our world, whether it be WWE or whoever has been wonderful. And like tonight, it's been wonderful. Even though Chris Colwell is No, it has been wonderful. Be, I've had a blast. Let me tell you, it's been a fun time you, here You've tonight. had a little too much fun. That's why you turned his mic off at that point in time. Because <laughs> he's been drinking just a little bit too much. B-Dub, thank you for joining us. You guys are always welcomed here. We hope to get you on again soon. As yes, well sir. As you guys from Southern Honor, you guys are always welcome down here. We'd love to talk to you guys. Thanks, As guys. well as you guys listening. Have a happy holiday. Tune in to Extra 106.3 tomorrow. You're going to hear some of the finishing move again. As we're going to have a special lineup for you guys. We're all going to take the holiday off. We're going to rest, relax. I want you guys to stay safe. If you need to social distance, social distance. But above all, just be kind to each other. And until then, we'll talk to you next Thursday. You're listening to The Finishing Move on Extra 106.3. Wrestling's fake. Wrestling's not fake!